Game Horde. The podcast where you, who, and you're Jeremy, you play through video games that you already own but you haven't played yet, and now we play them. And I'm Anastasia, and we're married. Almost for a whole year. Woo-woo. Not divorced. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to do the whole podcast. Okay. I'll just be here. Um, drinking my whiskey. <laughs> so, there are 60 games on your game hoard. It's true. And we... There were 59. <laughs> Remember how I said I'd never be in the 60s again? Well, you are now. I am. Because... Our bestie Cameron gifted you Mad Max, and that's a big game. Yeah. And now you have it, and now you have 60 games. Now I have 60 games, but one of them's Mad Max, which <laughs> I'm pretty excited for, because I like those movies, and yeah, like that them. game looks good, so. But now it's on the horde, so we still, it's up to the, the brain of the computer to decide. The brain of the computer? Yes. Yes. To they decide. have those? Yes. Is that like, is that a problem? Should we be worried about computers having brains? It's fine. They use it for randomization purposes. You know that computers, like, they actually can't randomize things. Like, they just pretend to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, like, have ways to make it seem like things are random, but because they have to, like, do a calculation, they're physically incapable of actually generating randomness. So, actually, the computer is deciding which game we play. Mm Mm-hmm. With its brain. Yes, with its brain. And this week we played Deadcore, which is um, this game where you it's a first-person shooter, and you're around a lot of boxes, and there aren't, there's like not really so much in the way of enemies, I guess there are a little bit, but they're also boxes. So there's boxes and there's lasers, and you shoot things in order to move through the boxes and lasers, and then you win. And that's deadcore. Okay, yeah. I guess that's pretty accurate. And you jump around. Like, real high. Yeah, it's definitely uh, primarily a platformer, I would say. Much mm. more so than a shooter. Even though you do get a gun, it's really all about them jumps, as yeah. they say. We came up with a theory just now that the game, the title Deadcore, is um, based on parkour. He was really interesting parkour. You came up with that. Okay. (laughs) We, everything is we. It's us. It seems to be a lot of you right now, though. We came up with this theory, and it's a really good one. That is called deadcore because it's, you do parkour, but then you die a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Which Uh can also, I guess, be real-life parkour, (laughs) too. Sometimes, you know, you do parkour and you, you die. It always makes me think of the one time... Where the people who lived above my apartment in college, and every once in a while you hear them yell, parkour! And they're just like in a two-bedroom apartment, like they're not doing parkour, that's like not a thing. Do you think they just like moved around their furniture so they could just like jump around? No, I'm pretty sure like one person jumped onto like one table and he was like, parkour! And they like jumped off. And like that was a thing they did. They were See, if he would have died though, it would have been deadcore. Yeah, it's true. Also, it would have been traumatic. Cause of death. Deadcore. Like, it was in your obituary. Yeah. He died as he lived, jumping on tables. In his apartment. That's yes, fine. Yes, but, okay, so you were, so... Wait, I was doing great! Wait, you're about to tell me that I'm right? Are you about to tell me I'm right? I, I just want to get back on track. Oh. That 
Dead Core is, yeah, it's a first-person platformer, so there is a lot of jumping on boxes, for sure. Yeah, it's a little bit of, like, a puzzler, too. Sometimes you have to really kind of figure out how to get through areas. So in some ways, I'd say it's kind of similar to Portal, almost, where it's played from a first-person perspective. You have a gun-like thing, but it's not really a shooter. It's really more about platforming and puzzles. Um, There are not any portals in this one. Just gravity changing. There's gravity changing. There's... Jumpy jumps. Well, you can jump, you can double jump, and then you can also hit, like, launchers, I guess. Yeah, those were the... That's what I was calling them. Jumpy jumps. I know you were, but I just wanted to clarify for the listener the difference between a jump, a double jump, and a jumpy jump. Because you can see how that would be a little bit confusing, right? No, I think it... I think it's really clear. (laughs) Man, we gotta get you to make your own video game someday and just... (laughs) How would you... I would have jump jumps. This would be very interesting. And you would just, every time you jumped, it would like, parkour! (laughs) So, yeah, the game has you basically going between all these different little floating areas made of boxes and lasers, and um, trying not to die, which... Which is the lasers. The lasers, you die. Yeah, or falling off the arena, or getting shot by enemies, Mm because there's turrets and stuff. Enemy boxes. Danger boxes. Yeah, there's lots of danger boxes that launch you off of the safe boxes, uh, and then you die. <laughs> you uh, did, core. But uh, I found it really enjoyable. It controls really tightly. Uh, I think the levels are designed really well. It has a good difficulty curve of just... It was like every time I beat one area, I was like, oh my gosh, that was impossible. Like, that must have been one of the hardest sections. And I get to a new section, <laughs> I'm like... See, this is even harder. And then after doing that for a while, I somehow get through it. And then that just repeats. Like, there's just constantly a new challenge, but everything was very unique. It wasn't like they repeated a lot of the same ideas. Mm-hmm. So it was fun. I thought it was fun platforming, just really, really hard. It was definitely interesting to watch because I feel like I kind of got a different experience than you because when you're playing, you're very focused. Okay, so you have to kind of work your way up a tower. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's yeah. like you're and there's to get to the top. not exactly one path. Like a lot right. of times, there's one obvious path, but also it seemed like you could really get there many different ways that had their own unique challenges. Right. But I feel like I could see different ways that you could go about things. And you didn't really see them because you kind of just, like, you entered an area, you're like, okay, I picked this path. And you kept trying to make that path work until you got through it. Yeah, I'd occasionally, like, find a different path. Or there were times where I was trying to get through something and then maybe an enemy blasted me or something and I just got launched. And I just ended up somewhere else in the map and I was like, I'm pretty sure I just skipped a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. and just, like, hit a checkpoint and I was like, okay, cool, I guess I, I, guess I did that. So I did take some alternate paths. And there, there were times where you can kind of explore a little and find collectibles. Mm, um, that's something you didn't do. <laughs> not much of. I got some of them, but some of them are, like, really hard to find or get to, so it wasn't something that I focused on. But another thing with the multiple paths is that the game puts a large focus on speedrunning. On your gun, you have a counter that tells you how long you've been playing for, and so... You know, one of the major things with the game is is getting the best time and trying to beat other people's time, which I wasn't concerned with because I had so much trouble just making it to the next checkpoint at yeah. any given time that I was not concerned with, you know, going super fast. I just wanted to win. 
And you had to work hard for it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But even when we were talking about dying, I was just thinking about how you die. You don't, like, die. What do you... What are you? What happens to you? You just kind of, like... Well, the whole... Okay, pretty much the whole game is really ill-defined. There is a story, I guess, but it is just so vague that I really have no idea what the story you're setting is. I actually tried looking it up, like, just seeing if I could find a Wikipedia plot summary or something, and there just isn't one. The one thing I came across was a Steam discussion thread where somebody was like, hey, like, I don't really get the story for this game. Could somebody explain it to me? And the developer commented on the thread and was like yeah we didn't really care about story when we were making this game i feel like that's fine but you can either do speed runs or you can do story mode right um it's like called story they use the word story yeah i feel like it would have so when you when we were initially playing i was like "Ooh, what's going on here there's a story we're gonna learn and there isn't and i feel like it was like kind of a bummer just because i was said I had the expectations of learning a story, and I there wasn't one. So I feel like they should have been, like, speed run, like, slow run. Like, those two options instead of just, like, like the story mode, like, it's not a thing. Like, you do collect logs, and they tell you kind of, like, random nonsense <laughs> Yeah. when you get them. And you only got, what, two out of, I, like, I got a few, but not many. I think I got maybe five out of, yeah, like a... Like a whole bunch of them yeah and they didn't connect in any way or really tell me anything besides that like okay there were some people here dealing with this weird situation where there's a big tower and a big swirling storm like they really didn't make any sense I I don't mind games that tell you the story that way like one really good example is Metroid Prime where as you go through the environment you scan different things and learn about them and sometimes they'll tell you history and things and like that's and, cool. And we did that also with typewriter. You collected things and then you got historical information. Yeah, that's true. In typewriter. But these were just kind of nonsense. Like, they just yeah. didn't tell you anything. And so I didn't feel like they flavored the game at all. And that's the only story. What, what does that even mean? What? That they flavored the game at all? Like, they didn't add to it. They didn't oh, you d- change the feel gotcha. of the game. That the, the collectibles didn't right. flavor right. the game. I also think it's strange to have text logs in a game that's really focused on speed running and like just getting through levels quickly because it's something that slows you down so much and takes you out of the game to sit there and just read a paragraph mm-hmm. you know to of me nonsense, it would have really. made sense it would have made way more sense to have audio logs like you find in dead space or bioshock or something where you pick it up and then you hear some narration that you can listen to while you continue with whatever you're doing in the game. That would have made a lot more sense. But when I'm playing a game that's supposed to be a really fast-paced platformer, I kind of don't want to sit there and read something. Like, which I guess is kind of the good thing, though, is that because the story really doesn't matter, and it doesn't just pop up with them or something, you can just be like, that's just a collectible. I'm just going to get all the collectibles, and you could literally never read them. So it's kind of weird where it's a game that has an optional story. But still, the story's pretty loose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I have no idea what the game is. And I don't even know what the character is. Like, it seems like you're some type of robot. Especially because in the ending, there's something about, like, 
logging into the system defenses or something. Uh, you're definitely a robot because... You make robot sounds. You do. Oh my gosh, the robot sounds. Oh, part. yeah, the enemies. The danger boxes. The danger boxes are R2-D2. They do make very R2-D2-esque sounds. Like, it's not even... Like, they make R2-D2 sounds. It's not even-esque. I really feel like there's almost no difference. <laughs> they just ripped off Yeah, Lucas they're just film. like, well, just, just do R2-D2. He's a danger box in his <laughs> own heart. It's a and danger cylinder. Are, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And these are danger boxes, so... Yeah, I do love when you'll, like... Because what happens is when you shoot enemies, it just temporarily disables them. You cannot kill any enemies. All you can do is shoot them with your gun, and they're out for, like, ten seconds. Which keeps you moving through the level, because, you know, as soon as they're back, you're in trouble. But I love doing it where when one of the box guys is flying around, and they're not, like, over the platform anymore, you shoot them, and they fall all the way down, and they just go, like, You know? (laughs) It's just, I don't know, it's just very entertaining. If you like robots, I think that you might like this game. And parkour. It it does feel a lot like Portal to me. Where, like, there's enemies, but the game isn't really about fighting enemies. It's just about getting through the levels and stuff. So so I do think that people who liked Portal, this is a good substitute for that. Except that Portal, especially Portal 2, has such a good, entertaining story. And this game had none of that. Mm -hmm. But... It is very pretty. It is very pretty. I just wish they wouldn't have set me up for a story. If they would have never mentioned the word story, I'd be so much happier. Because yeah. I had all to the end. I thought even after you finished all the levels, you would get unlocked just at all the messages. Mm-hmm. And you would know the whole story or something. But no, you don't. No. I, and even... So, because we didn't collect everything, we didn't see like the true ending... So I watched the true ending on YouTube, and it was like the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it like, did it still didn't tell a story? It still just like faded to white, and that was it. Yeah. So that's a little sad, but I mean, I understand that it just wasn't the focus of their game. This was, um, you know, developed by a smaller team, and they were just trying to make a good platformer. Right. That's all. It. It's totally fine. Don't say the word story. Yeah. If there no, I agree. Story. If you're not it, like, if you want to totally leave it out, just totally leave it out. Don't don't half ass it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or since the, the story in air quotes is a bonus thing, you have to collect them. I feel like leave it a bonus. I don't know, man. Okay. But about how the game looks. Okay. So it's, so the environment is essentially, yeah, you're by this big tower, big swirling storm, and then everything is just floating platforms that are just like, everything looks like it's made out of metal and has, like, blue lasers through it, and then there's red lasers that damage you. So it's almost kind of, like, Tron-esque, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, very contrasting and lots of just, like, blue lights on things. Yeah. Um, I really liked the look of it. I thought it, it looks very clean, easy to tell what you're looking at, what's going on. It also did something that I like in games where you don't have a UI. Actually, all the information you need is on your gun. So on your gun, it shows you how much ammo you have, what time you have, how much of your dash you have. There's like a bar for when you can use your dash ability. Oh, when you go fast. Yeah. That's what dashing is. <laughs> so I just like that, that the cleanness of not having any kind of real UI, especially for like a platforming game that's very fast paced where you don't want anything ever blocking your view. Yeah. So um, I thought that was 
an aesthetic that worked well. Everything in the game just is very clean and crisp. It's just, everything looked really good in motion. Yeah, it's funny that, like, everything's clean and crisp in mm-hmm. terms of boxes and the tower, but then there's, like, this swirling madness, which is kind of, like, the opposite of clean and yeah, crisp. Yeah. Like, it still so. looked good. Like, that wasn't a criticism or anything. It's just interesting how the juxtaposition... Yeah, maybe that was intentional. It's possible. But I feel like the biggest... Well, the thing that I feel like I'll remember coming away from this game is the Doge meme text. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing that the game does is, like, every... I guess they're kind of meant to be hints, but, like, every little while there's just areas of, like, floating, like, hologram text. Like, exactly how you would see it if you... With the videos, with the the funny dog and it has the floating text it was a thing for a while right i know you yeah mean, where it just says like words where the dog like, will be like wow such jump much food <laughs> yeah it, it do- kind of does stuff like that like you'll reach an area and it's just like throw a bunch of random words at you where it's just like jump aspire skill <laughs> you're yeah. just like yeah those are words <laughs> okay then it just kind of float in there and, and they're also, like, rainbow-colored. Yeah. Like no, they, I, I get what you're saying. It looks similar on. to the meme. And, yeah, they're just random words. What if you are the dog? Like, this is what happens in that dog's mind. <laughs> that's funny. That's the true story. Yeah. I don't think that's the true it story. It is it. But I don't understand that choice to do that text. The floating rainbow text that's just, like, fast, need, danger. Yeah, I don't. I don't really get that either. And I'll think about it. I laughed every time I saw it. Because it's so funny. Every time <laughs> I saw the, the floating text. Yeah. Don't yeah, I really it. don't get what... Like, I guess occasionally... No, I'm trying to think. Like, I guess it didn't really give you hints on anything. I mean, it kind of did. But, like, it wasn't anything that you couldn't figure out, I suppose. Like, the I feel like there were hints, but they weren't helpful. Well, onto other things that did work though i mean the we already talked about the robot sounds but the soundtrack so good so good it's just a very like electronic like rock and metal very upbeat it just it it really makes sense with the aesthetic of the game Mm -hmm. you know and it just i don't know it's just something that i felt like i you could really enjoy listening to for a while didn't get boring, didn't get annoying, like, was a good thing to just have in the background, keep you going the whole time, very intense at parts, so. I feel like that's something we've come across a lot in a lot of our games, is good soundtracks. Yeah, I feel like indie games tend to have really good soundtracks. Yeah, it seems like it, which is nice. I feel like the second game we played for this was Bit Trip Runner, mm-hmm. and it had such a good soundtrack, and I was like, whoa, this is so awesome, and then so many games have had really good soundtracks. I, like, I, yeah, I was really good in Bit Trip Runner, but it's just funny that I, like, thought that that was so crazy, but actually, they kind of just, they fit in. Yeah, I, I mean, video games have had amazing soundtracks, like, pretty much as long as there have been video games. But it's just, like, now that you can record really high-quality sound and put it in a game, I feel like it's really expanded and people do really interesting things with it. But I feel like sound design is an an important part of games that gets overlooked a lot, and they made really good use of it here. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I'm happy for you. Thank you. 
So, overall, what did you think of the game? Positive. I did a thumbs up while recording, which is obviously a really effective yeah. way to yeah, communicate. Yeah, that way people can, to can see a that. listening yeah. audience. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give the listeners a high five while you're at it? That I meant, like, high five with them. You oh. clapped. That's a different thing. <laughs> I gave myself a high five. Okay. High five. Um, I have to, there has to be a noise. If there's no noise, it feels empty. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I would also recommend it. I think if you like platformers or puzzle games, uh, you'll like it. If you Really, if you like Portal, I think you'll really like it. I thought you were going to say porn. <laughs> if you like porn, uh, I, there's not even people in this game. Are you? Do you like box porn? Do you like floating boxes that go... Because if that's the case... Because I do. Yeah, you clearly are into the boxes. <laughs> Uh, if that's the case, I, yeah, I guess jerk off to this game? <laughs> Go for it. But also, if you just like, you know, first-person platformers or games where you can do a lot of speedrunning and or you want a challenge. if you like Tron. It's a pretty good game. Sure, if you like Tron, if you're one of those people. <laughs> what? People like Tron. Yeah, and what? Like... 1989? When did when did Tron come out? Literally, don't know. I have no idea. My dad likes Tron. He made us well, watch it. Well, he when was, I was alive a kid. when it came out. I know it's got. I feel like it's probably way more recent than we're realizing. I mean, I know there's the because, Tron Legacy came out, but right, right, right. But that's not what we mean. Yeah. And I feel like everyone acknowledges that. Like we're not talking about that. My dad also saw that. Although Tron Legacy has a really good soundtrack. The whole soundtrack was done by Daft Punk. That's real good. 1982. Now, oh, wow. Even later than I thought. Or, earlier, I mean, earlier. And it's hard. It's Time is less hard. recent than I thought. Yeah, I was definitely not in existence then. It's funny, when I look at the notes for the for this game, it just says Dementors. What What was Dementors? There, I think at the first level, there was, like, kind of swirly, ghostly type Things that weren't enemies were just kind of more decoration. And I had to explain to you, because he's never read Harry Potter or seen the movies. I saw the sixth movie. Okay, anyways. And it I'd, didn't make a lot of sense. I had explained to you what Dementors were, and you were so wrong when you tried to guess what they were. And I feel like I started a long conversation of like me trying to explain like the Harry Potter world, which is like pretty in-depth. And yeah, so, do I, you remember? Do you remember what you learned about Dementors? Uh, they, like, guard the prison thing. Mm-hmm. They're, like, magical I mean, everything. Ma- like, saying something in Harry Potter is magical is, like, pretty pointless. Yeah, I suppose that's probably true. You know, I, I don't know much about I know, but I Harry taught Potter. you. You were right about the prison. So, good job. Yeah. The he escaped from the prison. Serious Black. Yeah. Is that his name? And it's is he a werewolf? Gary Oldman. I know you want me to say no, but I yeah. also want to say yes. You no, he's not a werewolf. But he turns into a dog. It's a dog. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's a were dog. No, and there are. Sounds like he might have a case of the lycanthropy <laughs> to me. There, so. there are werewolves in Harry Potter, but Sirius Black is not one of them. Are you sure? Yes. All right then. Well. What? I, I don't think we have any Harry Potter games that we're going to be playing. I That completely doesn't surprise me, considering that you purchased all of these games. Not all of them. I didn't purchase Mad Max. 
Okay, considering that these were games that you either purchased or were on a wish Actually, list. I was, I was looking, and, like, I now have more games that people gave me as gifts than I do from, like, Steam sales. So, in creating a podcast, I feel like what I've really accomplished is not making it so that I actually eventually don't have a backlog, but what I've accomplished is just a system where I still have a million games but it, they're just ones that other people bought for me. I feel like that's the world that I, we're going to be living in. Yeah, it's better. Because I guess if, like, it's better if other people, if people just happen to have games or buying them in a bundle that they wanted another game from, and then you kind of spread it around and it distributes amongst the gamers of the world. And so then it's less backlog overall. So if someone gifts you a game, they now have less backlog than they would have. But what if it's, like, a disease? By doing that, you don't have less disease. You've just now also made it that other people have your same condition. Um, it's not. We don't even know (laughs) how to play with that. Like, that's not a thing. That's, uh... That doesn't make any sense. Nope, it doesn't. You're right. It's like, if I had a lot of clothes, which I do, (laughs) we can imagine this. Yeah. I think it's more apt if we go with shoes, actually. Shoes. Okay, if I had a lot of shoes, which I do, Uh and I don't wear them, which I don't. I wear literally, like, two pairs of shoes, (laughs) and it's not any of the ones I own. And so... Tune in to our new podcast, Shoe Horde. (laughs) Uh, We'll also be airing that every other week. And then I gave a bunch of people shoes that they wanted, and so then they had more shoes and I had less shoes, but the amount of shoes in the world was the same. It's not hard. It's not okay. hard. You don't even right. have to make a thinking face. Look, I've almost finished this whiskey. You're fine. Well, I think that we talked about the game, right? That part's done? Yes. Good job. You did it. Go. Go us. Now what? On the way that's up game I feel like going home now. So, so, we are sponsored by a cool and hip, <laughs> I'm just kidding, hip? yeah, website called geekandgamergear.com, which is geek, the letter N, gamer gear, and they sell geek and gamer gear, as is no surprise, but the kicker, the real dealio with them is that they sell things for so cheap. It's true. So cheap. Very good prices. Um, I've been looking on stuff on there for your birthday. Oh, yeah? Do you yeah. find anything? I'm not going to tell you about it. What are you getting me? Nothing. Is it a hat? Um, no. Is it a Pokemon? You're not asking your, your standard question about presents. That I don't know where you got it from. Oh, is it... Larger or smaller than a bread box? <laughs> I would assume... I'm going to have to go with smaller. smaller. I don't think they sell anything that's larger than a bread box. You usually say a loaf of bread. Okay. Is it larger or smaller than a loaf of bread? Um, I'm not telling you anything. It's a secret. It's still probably smaller. A loaf of bread like that? Well, they'd probably sell things that big, but that's still pretty big. Yeah, it is pretty big. Anyways. What kind of bread? <laughs> Potato bread. Is it larger or smaller than a loaf of pumpernickel? Pumpernickel's a smaller bread, isn't it? It's a kind of a smaller Still bread. Still a valid question. I honestly don't know what a loaf of pumpernickel looks like. I think it's pretty small. Let's not talk about food. Okay. 
Yeah, so they're cool, and they have free shipping. And oh, I didn't even say that part. And if you go in there, you can get another 10% off by using the promo code? Yes. Hoard, which is spelled H-O-A-R-D. So, low prices, extra 10% off, free shipping, geekandgamergear.com. The other way that you can support us is by becoming a patron of the show on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash gamehorde, and if you pledge at least a dollar, then I will send you a copy of Pixel Deity, which is a little god game that I made in high school, and will also give you a shout-out on the show. And thank you to Chase, our newest patron. So nice. Did you give him the game already? Yes, I did. And now we're giving you a shout-out. That's both the things we said we'd do. Yep. Thank you, Chase. We really appreciate it. We love you. Whoa. <laughs> I'm not ready to make that kind of commitment. But I'd, like, have coffee with you. Mm, yeah, that's... I literally just was thinking about hot chocolate. <laughs> but really, aren't you always thinking about hot chocolate? Very close. Just a little bit. It's always in the back of your mind. <laughs> yes. Geekandgamergear.com with the code word HORDE and patreon.com slash gamehorde. Let's get back to the show. Let's do it. Do you think I was going to hit you? You, you looked like you were going to hit me. No, I was doing a celebration arm raise. Okay. So, the other thing we want to talk about this episode is speedrunning, since Dead Core is a game all about speedrunning, it keeps track of your time throughout, and you try and get the best time for each level. So we want to talk about speedrunning in video games. And it's kind of like a thing. Yeah, it's been a thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's not something, it's not your thing. Nope. Does not You're more of a slow and steady kind of I like my games player. where I just get real immersed in them, and mm-hmm. I, I understand their world, and I play around in them. I'm not somebody who's like, I just want to try and get to the end as fast as possible. But... Speedrunning's cool. I mean, it's amazing how good some people can get at it. Yeah. I kind of think about that about everything. Like, if there's anything I've ever done, someone can do it really well. Yeah. And speedrunning is a good example of that. So, it is interesting in speedrunning how, like, it started before there's really a good way to share things. Like, people just had to take VHS tapes of them doing <laughs> things and then send it in to try and, you know, get the world record. And then, like people would have to get that publication to see it and stuff and now we have youtube and twitch so you can just just go for it whenever and people can see that and you know then know that you did that speed run but it's just always interesting to me how these kind of subcultures like sprouted up before there was actually the technology that makes sense to deal with it like now with the internet's so easy mm-hmm. so you know speed running was a thing that was kind of just in many cases, like, fans just kind of built into games where they just would take a game that wasn't really built for speedrunning, but just have speedruns of it. But it has been incorporated into games over the years, like Dead Core, where now speedrunning is one of the main mechanics. And some games will just have short sections of speedrunning, like, all Metroid games have a section where you're, you're timed and you have to, like, get through all this area in a certain amount of time. Or mm-hmm. um, So a lot of games incorporate the elements, but I want to explain some of the the basic strategies of speedrunning, of how to minimize your time to beat a game, which the 
the traditional one would just be um, like kind of planning your route, just understanding the game, the levels well enough to be able to try and just get through it very quickly. And there's also sequence breaking, which is where you do things out of order or you bypass whole parts of the game. So people have found different ways to do that where like they'll find a way that, you know, you can... The developers didn't realize at this one part that you can just jump just high enough to get over this thing, and then you can like go straight to the final boss and mm-hmm. just beat the game or something. So that's where a lot of speedrunning has gone, is the ability to do that. And then, of course, there's also um, just exploiting glitches. You know, it's pretty much impossible to make a game without any glitches. And especially for a lot of older games, there's glitches that just were never fixed because there wasn't a system to patch them back then. And so people have just kind of figured out how to use those to their advantage. I actually did notice glitches in Deadcore, and I'm not sure if they, like, intended that those are things that can happen, or it was just bad programming. Like what? Like, um, there is a part where all of these spinning laser guys kept spawning at a regular rate and would be coming down, and then um, one got stuck, and then they all just stopped. And that that helped me get through that part, because I was like, oh, great, I don't have to avoid those now, they're just gone. That's funny. And that's how I got through that part. And I, like, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I'm guessing not, because there's also another part where I couldn't advance because something just wasn't opening. And I looked it up, and it was just a glitch other people had encountered. I had to just restart the area. Mm. So I think that Deadcore did kind of have some problems there with its programming, but sometimes it was to my benefit and sometimes it wasn't, which is, I guess, how glitches are in speedruns in general. Mm-hmm. So I want us to just watch some speedruns uh, to get to get a better idea about it. Since it's not like you could do one. <laughs> well, I could. It just would be a yeah. very bad time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very slow speedrun. So first I just want us to watch a speedrun of a section of Deadcore. Since, you know, know. we're now familiar with Deadcore. So if you want to watch this, also, it is a speedrun of the level The Fall by uh, SciCAD on YouTube. So let's give it a little watch and see. So the time on this, it says, is 47 seconds. And this is a whole level. (laughs) Which took me probably... I want to say, like, a good hour or so to oh, be. Yeah. Hour or two, maybe. Okay, so let's see. So he just skipped, like, that entire section. So basically, he's just skipping everything. I mean, he's he's doing some of it, but he's skipping what he can't. It's like, <laughs> just look at him go. It, the amazing thing is just how easy he makes it look. Well, and he hasn't shot a single thing. Like, most of this game, you're, like, running around, shooting things, trying to get things lined up for you. But he's just running. Well, it, the thing is, too, like, he's barely even touching the ground. Yeah. Like, he's he's just, like, floating through the level. Like, most of it has just been him using the dash ability and just floating through the whole level. Like, it's really impressive. <laughs> like, after I play these sections, it's so hard. Oh, is that it? He's That's it. Oh, the whole my level. gosh. That's crazy. The whole level, just like that. Yeah, so I'm definitely not going to be able to do that, but... So fast. What do, what do you think about somebody uh, speedrunning How do you think court? he did it? How would, 
how many times do you think he did that before? How many times do you before think he got it in that uh-huh. time? Probably a few hundred. I feel like I mean there's just so much going on in the game. You yeah. that's a lot of precision to get. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to kind of be lucky with that game with finding the right route. I mean, I guess if you do it enough times, you would eventually be able to find the best routes. But a lot of it, I feel like if you just turn a certain way at a certain point and then you can skip everything, it's kind of luck. Yeah, I mean, there's no way you can skip, like, that largest section of the level by luck. Like, I definitely skipped certain parts of levels by luck, but it was, like, 30 seconds, not, like, Uh a whole, like, he... 47 seconds. It's crazy. Yeah. And he just made it look so easy. Like, that was definitely, he practiced that a lot. Okay, so I want to show you this one of somebody beating the original Super Mario Brothers in five minutes. And this is when, so you have three lives, and, like, I guess you can get more, but, like, and then you die, and then you're done. Right? Yeah, so if you mess up, that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. It's interesting that with Super Mario Brothers, the the sequence breaking is kind of built into the game because there's, like, the dungeon levels have the, or, like, the sewer levels have the thing where you can get to the warp pipes and you can skip, like, multiple mm, levels. Okay. So that, I mean, that plays part of it, too. It's not like he's beating all, what is it, seven, ten worlds or something. But still, it's still impressive, so... So this is, um, actually, it looks like IGN posted this as a Super Mario Bros. speedrun in under five minutes, if you'd like to watch it, too. So we're going to just pause and go ahead and watch that instead of talking over it for five minutes. Oh, yeah, that'd be a lot. Yeah. Okay, so we'll be right back. So that was Super Mario Brothers in under five minutes. I didn't expect him to do the whole like the whole game. Yeah. Have you ever gone that far in Super Mario Brothers to the end? I don't think I've ever actually beaten it. Yeah. It's a hard game. It's just <laughs> just impressive. It's funny to me, like, when you see it, he kills all of, like three enemies. I know. You know, it's like he just avoids the enemies at all costs because it's just going to slow him down. So it's just funny to play a game that's just filled with enemies and just like, nope, 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 nope. Just like, I mean, he you avoids have to all the them. like powers. Yeah, that's true. He never even gets a mushroom. Yeah, he avoids everything. Just yeah. jumps through the whole level and then skips as many levels, like skips as many parts as possible. Yeah. And then went. Yeah. The end is so funny. Like, it's so anticlimactic. He just, like, jumps over and he's like, you won. Uh, yeah, and they're just like, uh, good job. Do you want Do you want to play again? Like, there's no, like, you saved the princess, yeah. you saved the land. It's just like, yeah, thanks, man, whatever. It's fine. It's <laughs> just like, hey, Mario just saved the whole Mushroom Kingdom in five minutes, guys. Maybe, <laughs> like, be impressed. It's funny to have such, like, a hallmark of video games just be reduced down to so little. Yeah, I'm just like, doop, 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 yeah. done. <laughs> I it, feel like it's so beyond something I understand doing that I can't even be that impressed by it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's so amazing that you're like, oh, that's cool that he did that. It's just like so <laughs> abstract to you. Yeah, that exactly. you're just like, well, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? If you were going to speed run a game, if you were going to try it, what game would you do? Um, well, speed, speed running is kind of 
is everything that I'm not good at in video games. Mm. Like, the just really, really precise timing mm-hmm. is essentially my worst video game quality. Yeah. I mean, you're you're a much more casual gamer. That's not something that you're interested in. So I feel like I really couldn't speedrun any video games at all. What about you? I would want to do a game that's just so clearly not made for speedrunning. Like, something that just would not make sense to speedrun at all. Like, I'm going to do a speedrun of Zoo Tycoon. Oh, yeah. just like make a zoo as- make a zoo as quickly as you can just make these like ugly exhibits as you just th- throw animals in there it's fine just like try and beat it that's funny see i was thinking about saying uh minesweeper just like that would be tough really fast yeah it would be really tough you'd have to be able to do math yeah you'd have to take uh, like be able to interpret a lot of data yeah very rapidly yeah that would be um, interesting i wonder how well, you could teach a robot to do it. Oh, I'm sure, like, it would be pretty easy to get a robot to do it. It's so simple. Like, there's not a lot of, like, human I qualities. Don't know about easy. That go, I mean, in terms of... I've never programmed a robot. Oh, wait. Us, personally, we might not be able to program a robot to do it, but robot programmers, I think, would find it easy to do. It's probably true. Because it's not something that's, like... Yeah. You don't need emotion. Like, it's all number based. Yeah, just the probability. Is there a point in Zoo Tycoon where it's like, congratulations, you have a zoo? Is that it says that, like, you can have visitors now, you know? Oh, and uh, no, I mean, you just have to build one animal exhibit. I mean, there's, there's missions. There's like a bunch, so you could beat all the missions. Like, you can essentially beat Zoo Tycoon. Okay. So, like, speed run through the missions? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say a game that you can't technically beat, because uh-huh. that's I, we all won that speedrun, I guess. <laughs> Is there any other speedrun factoids you have? Oh, wait, factoids are false. Little little factlets. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Factoids. Factoids isn't a real thing? No, factoids are fake facts. Uh-huh. Like, if something's a factoid, it's not real. I it's not true. I didn't know that. So I was trying to come up with another way to say factoids. You could say facts. Yeah, I, that were, I feel like for some reason that didn't convey the meaning I wanted. Um, n- not really, not too much. The, now a lot of people have, there's like tools that assist with speed running that you can essentially, like I don't understand how it works, so that's why I wasn't going to get into it too much, mm-hmm. but where you can kind of like see what's going on in the code as you do things, and so that's allowed people to find ways to intentionally break the code in order for them to win. Like somebody found for Super Mario World, I know there's a video you can see on YouTube, where somebody found a way that essentially they m- do things, just all these seemingly random things, like okay, I kill this guy and I grab this thing and I walk over to this part, and they just like set up all these really random seeming things, but it, like, essentially they're reprogramming the game as they play using these programs that assist them so that they rewrite the code and then they they then just, like, kill themselves or do something that executes the code, and then all of a sudden, the end credits roll. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they don't even play the whole game at all. So that's one new thing in speedrunning, but that's, like, does that really count? I mean, if you're having to use a computer program that's assisting you and telling you how to rewrite the code, uh-huh. does that really count as speedrunning the game? I mean, I feel like that's just a different thing. Yeah. It's it's cool. 
Uh, right. But yeah, I don't know that that really counts. Um, do you feel like a lot of people who are gamers attempt speedruns? No, I don't think so. I think it's kind of a niche thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody has... People who are into gaming have all watched speedruns, but I don't know that it's really something that appeals to everyone. I mean, I've definitely never attempted a speedrun. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, had games where they have levels where you need to beat it under a certain time or they have time trials and stuff like that. I've done stuff like that, but I've never just tried to front to back try and beat a game in the shortest amount of time possible. Or a level. Yeah, unless that was the whole point of the level to right. begin with. Right, but if it wasn't. Yeah, no, it's... And that's it just doesn't appeal that much to me. Not how I consume my games. I was thinking about um, Kirby Yarn World. Kirby's Epic Yarn? Mm-hmm. Just speed run through that. Being a little yarn Kirby. It wouldn't be... It probably wouldn't be that hard. Because you can't actually die in that game. So you can't get that messed up. So I feel like that wouldn't be a bad one to try. Thank you. That's all I've got. I thought you were going to enlighten me so much about speedrun. I feel better. I watched a couple. Now you know. Now I know. Now you know how bad I am at deadcore. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard, though. Do you want to pick out the next game? Sure. Let's do it. Are you excited? Always. Always excited for the next game. What do you think we'll get? Pick a game that you, and say that we're going to get that game. Okay, different game. Let's bet. On over, under, 30. So it's the games are list numbered right. 1 through 16. Uh, what are we betting, though? Um, $1. We bet whoever, whoever loses. Oh, this is a big bet. I don't know if I'm ready to commit oh, to no, that. I don't like Has to do the whole ad read for the next episode by themselves. Yeah, you don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Do you not even, you don't even want me to do that? You don't, you're shooting <laughs> Um Okay, pick a different bet then. Um, nothing's really coming to mind. Okay, you're lame. One dollar, over okay, under fine, 30. Fine, that's fine. You pick I go, first. I'm going with over. Okay, I'll take under. Alright, and the game for next episode will be... Oceanhorn, Monster of the Uncharted Seas. Wow. Which is, I believe, over. Just a little bit. Just a little so bit over I that went... 30 mark. No, I went with over. I thought you went with under. No. I can't remember. Roll back the tape. I kind of feel like I no, won I, mean, I definitely said over. You did? Yeah. Okay. You went... I'm glad that we didn't bet the other thing then. Yeah. So, you know what? You can hold on to the, your dollar. Um, I'll, I'll buy you a candy bar. Oh, that sounds nice. But yeah, Ocean Horn. I'm excited to play that. That also was a gift from Cameron. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm of... glad we're finally playing so, one. Yeah, we're finally playing one of the games he gave us. Do so. you know anything about it? Uh, it's basically Zelda for the computer. Oh, which excites I me. Yeah. About it. So we will play it and let you know what we think. Yeah. Is it two? It's one player. Yeah. That's, but it'll be fun to watch you play it. I think so. I feel like you're going to be a tough critic. Maybe not. I don't know. Because you love Zelda so much. It's true, yeah. It probably will not live up to Nintendo standards, but I think it'll be fun. Cool. So we'll see. Yeah. So uh, tune in next time.
to hear all about Oceanhorn, Monster of the Uncharted Seas. And in the meantime, if you feel like it, you could leave us a review on iTunes, and it'd be really nice. It'd be so, I mean, people who have done it so far are really nice, and if you did it, you would also be really nice, um, but no pressure. And you can contact us at the email address gamehordepodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at game underscore horde. Or you can find our page on Facebook. And you can even find us on Steam under the user ID Game Horde. And you can talk to us. We talk back. We say hi. <laughs> we talk back. We're just sassy. <laughs> if you talk to us... Uh, we're going to sassy We're going to be mean. Aww. That's not true. We're very nice. I'm a little sassy. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll be nice to you. You're a little sassy to you. Not true. So, yep. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. The song you've been hearing this episode is We All Fall Down by Lorenzo's Music. You can find more from them at lorenzosmusic.com.